It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Stay tuned for Paratalk Radio with Ted Wolf and Psychic Cindy on ParatalkRadio.com, a member of the WLFE digital broadcast family.
Hello?
Hello? Hello?
Hello? Tom Ogden here. I don't know, but you can hear him? Hear him? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's doing something. Hear him. Hello? Hi. Hi, this is Tom. Hi, I, as you can see, we're having trouble with the phone connect. I'm watching your, at on the Facebook page. I just checked on there, and I can hear you there. Hi, Cindy, Ted, and John. And see you, of course. I'm listening through Facebook, but that's only after I quit, couldn't get through the phone. It's not the feedback with Facebook. Yes, but you're right. That will be a very odd, long delay. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm watching you now. There's about a 20-second delay between what I say until you get it. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm watching you now. There's about a 20-second delay between what I say until you get it. That was awesome. Well, I wish I knew what the problem was. <laughs> I'm checking to see if there was something on my end. But I don't think it is, but honey. Because this is... Yeah, because at this point, I don't know what's going on with that. So it must be on on uh, Spreaker's Yes, Teresa, you missed problem. my line. Uh, that's nothing here on our end that I can see. Wait, Spreaker, is that what we're going through right now? Or no, not Spreaker, I'm sorry, Blog Talk. I was going to say, what? What are you yeah, talking about, Willis? Yeah, so, <laughs> all right, so you can use that. So what, basically, okay. we're going to have to use that there's going to be a long delay in between us here, folks. So... If you have a question for Tom and stuff, just make sure that we give him time to reply. Correct. So that's how that's going to work. Those dang spirits and ghosts better let him. So, all right. So, Tom, let's let's get right into this. And I want to say thank you and welcome to the show, finally. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's strange how this is happening, but it's a fine being here. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 a uh, it's strange how this is happening, but it's a fine being here. Yeah, it's 
certainly strange. We've it never is. had this happen before. Never. This is a rarity, and I don't want to end Thank the program you. and restart it because then we would lose it, it, it all. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So, so what's happening there? You're hearing, you're hearing it twice. So, so what's happening there? You're hearing, you're hearing it twice. Yeah, oh yeah, yes, we're yes, hearing yes. it twice. Um, so, well, we're he we know we're saying it, but then we can hear your Facebook. Coming, coming through the speaker of the telephone service, so we're hearing it there. Oh, I see. Okay, I can end that part, but then I can't hear you if I turn off the mute, if I mute Facebook at this end. That part, but then I can't hear you if I turn off the mute, if I mute Facebook at this end. Right, so don't turn it off. Don't turn it off. Hey guys, talk among yourself for a couple of seconds. I'm going to go see if I can get a set of earphones, and if I can, I can mute uh, Facebook, but I'll be able to hear you. I'll be right back. Okay, let's try this. Now, you're not going to hear the feedback from me, but there's still the feed, there's still the 20 second delay. <laughs> okay, so here goes. Uh, first of all, it, at my age, it's so nice to have something unique happen. <laughs> this has never happened to me before either. Uh, I, I started in magic when I was a kid. And, of course, every magician is going to uh, – 
be interested some in some some way in the supernatural. Uh, it, it's it's all the magic of the secrecy and. Uh, all right, I'm trying to I'm trying to sync up what I'm saying with how how you're hearing it. This is so so bizarre. Uh, magicians throughout history have always been associated with the supernatural, the paranormal. Uh, going back to the earliest times, I think the first magic trick was some when some caveman sitting around a fire saw it. Uh, Made made a, made a rock disappear by accident, and people then thought he was a god. Um, so, so in the spiritualism era, magicians got involved in the mid 1800s because people were fake mediums were basically doing magic tricks, as opposed to today's psychics and mediums who are reading directly from the spirits. The people sitting in the seance room needed to see some sort of a demonstration. They needed proof. The voices weren't enough. So they used magicians' techniques in order to create those effects, whether it be a, a floating hand or the megaphone floating in the air, um, having people touched in the dark. All of that was magical processes. And that's how we became involved uh, as magicians. Now, the way I became interested, uh, I'm, I have to be honest, other than a cursory interest as a magician, I was just interested in spook show phenomena. I lived through that, the very tail end of it. I saw a ghost show when I was a kid. And, um, you know, one of those shows at midnight where the magician did a show and then they showed a couple of monster movies and then the magician came back and he turned Dracula into a bat and made ghosts appear in the dark in the audience. Um, so other than that interest, I didn't have interest in being a ghost hunter or a ghost investigator because I had never had an experience personally. Uh, still haven't, by the way. I'm waiting for that, but we can try and discuss that later. Um, but what happened is I was asked by the Idiot's Guide people, the uh, Complete Idiot's Guide to name it. It's the competition series for the dummies series. They asked me to write a how-to book on magic. It came, it came out, and it was well-received. So they came back to me and said, we'd like a book on on." Ghosts and Hauntings, not a how-to book, just a general interest book. And they said, uh, you're a magician. You must know all about ghosts. And I said, well, is there an advance against royalties? They said, yes. I said, then I know everything there is to know about ghosts. So I got the book contract. And that's when the work began. I knew a couple of ghost stories, but I knew nothing about ghost theory, about what they were, what they weren't. Uh, the British Psychical Society, how they got interested in it in the late 1890s, I think it was, 1892 or something, in England to try and figure out what was going on in the seance rooms. Um, and all of the the other theory stuff, if ghosts come back, why do they come back? Why do they only come to for some people, not for others? And that I found fascinating. 
I really wasn't interested at that point in going out and trying to find a ghost, you know, do a ghost hunting, a ghost investigation. I loved the research. And what I loved was taking first person stories and historic legend stories, comparing them and finding out whether those things were even possible. I'll give you an example. In my book on haunted Washington, D.C., there was a uh, a mansion in Arlington where supposedly the ghost was the maid of Thomas Jefferson. Well, Jefferson hadn't lived in that house at the same time as that maid. So I love finding those sort of things to try and investigate what the original legend was and how it's changed over time. Anyway, that's a long answer. Time for another question. Actually, Ted, you don't have to. And the reason why you don't have to, oh, okay. I'm sorry, I just, I just heard you, I, I just heard you say uh, you can't get a hold of the dummies people. Dummies and the Idiot's Guide people had exactly uh, the same titles. In other words, they were direct competition. If one of them did a book on uh, gardening for dummies, then the Idiot's Guide did a uh, how to, the Idiot's Guide to uh, gardening. Um, So there's probably still a market for them. I obviously can't approach them uh, since I'm with the competition. but the Idiot's Guide to Magic, I was very, 
very pleased with. They said to me, we don't mind. They, they gave me directions on what they wanted in the book. They said, we want a lot of ghost stories, but we want the legitimate stuff up front. Tell the weird stories in the back. They said, and I said, well, that is a problem because people don't do the investigations unless the phenomena happens to begin with. And they said, well, you're the author. You figure it out. So uh, the, I did. And I mixed in stories along the way. And then in the back, there was a, 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 lot, more, a lot more stories. And what then happened was, the uh, I don't know whether it was the acquisition editor or one of the management of uh, Globe Pequot Press saw the Idiot's Guides and liked the book, and they wanted to do a series, Haunted Fill-in-the-Blanks. So I got one of those emails that authors love uh, completely out of the blue saying, hi, you don't know us, but we'd like you to write a book for us called Haunted Highways. And I reused the line and said to them, does it pay in advance against royalties? And they said, yes. And I said, I'd love to write the book. So uh, I did. And that was my first for that series. And I've now done, well, I think, 11 different titles. Uh, I did a second edition of, of uh, cemeteries for them, a second edition for my Haunted Hollywood and I'm working now on the second edition for Haunted Highways because it came out 10 years ago. So I'll take a break there. Actually, my connection uh, started, the way it started with the book is I was, like your other friend, like your friend, I didn't uh, really believe, but to be honest, I didn't really think about it because I, at that point, knew no one who had ever had an, ex an experience. 
Um, no one had ever told me their stories. I mean, I knew the campfire story, ghost stories, but not ones that real people were able to tell me about. And even though I have not had an experience personally, and boy, do I wish I would, um, to be honest, I think it's because I'm a magician that I'm not sensitive, that there's a built-in skepticism to every magician because they know that they could figure out ways to reproduce the phenomena. Uh, so I think they're really harshly critical, which is a good reason to have them on an investigation team, by the way. But uh, back to the point, I started hearing stories from other people. While I was writing the Idiot's Guide book, uh, I was performing on a cruise ship in, uh, and I was meeting the ship in Buenos Aires. Now, I had never flown into South America before, so I had no idea what it was like coming through customs into a madhouse of 100 taxi drivers trying to get you to use their taxi to get you to the, um, to the dock. Well, a woman uh, who had been on the plane with me saw me and said, Obviously, this is your first time. Can I help you? And I said, sure. She said, I have a limo. I'll drop you off on the way. Well, it turned out she was, her husband was with the U.S. Embassy there in Argentina. And uh, we started talking. I told her I was working on this book. And she got very quiet and said, I have a ghost. Now, even by that time, I had learned not to ask leading questions. Instead, I just said, tell me about it. And that way I got her story unfiltered. I wasn't leading her with questions with, did it sound like a man or a woman, and so on. And I said, what is your ghost? And she told me she had a haunted mirror. That every time, she, her, it had been her grandmother's, and she had, grandmother had kept it in the hall hallway, and after the grandmother passed and she inherited the mirror, she hung it in a similar location in her own house. She said that every so often she'd be walking down the hallway and she would think she saw her grandmother's reflection in the mirror. But, of course, when she turned, um, the grandmother was gone. Now, this isn't like the Marilyn Monroe mirror here in Hollywood at the Roosevelt Hotel where the ghost would appear looking over your shoulder, standing as if standing behind you. This one, it was just her grandmother in the mirror. And I said to her, you know, that's, that's not an unusual story. I said, the idea of spirits coming through crystals, water-like surfaces and reflective surfaces, goes back to ancient history. In ancient Greece and Rome, they called fortune-telling by that method, contacting the spirits. They called it scrying. Uh, put some of that water together and solidify it, and you have something that looks like a crystal ball. I said, and as for mirrors, how about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, where the spirit of the Wicked Queen appears in the mirror? I said, this, I said, what did you do with it? And she said, well, I couldn't break it because I, if it, my grandmother isn't there, I don't want to kill her. She said, uh, so I've just boarded it up and put it in the attic. So it may be there to this day along with, uh, or maybe it's in that big warehouse with the lost ark with Indiana Jones. I don't know. 
I know you have to take a break soon, so I'm going to stop there.
Well, let me answer Kathy's first. I don't have a partner on stage, uh, at least not for the last 40 years. I went through a period when I was a teenager that my uh, sister was my assistant and had to be sold in half and all of that stuff, but um, not anymore. Uh, I've Unless she's referring to the period I went through as a ventriloquist. I also did ventriloquism for about 30 years. Um, at one point, I had to decide whether I was going to be a ventriloquist or a magician because agents didn't know how to book me. Um, and I realized I was a better magician. Anyway, uh, so if Kathy, if you have another clarification on that, let Cindy know and I'll so I know what you mean about uh, having a partner. However, as to the other question, I got started uh, when most boys get interested in magic between 11 and 14. And they become interested at that point because they, they, they love the secrecy aspect. They love to be able to do something that no one else can do. Uh, there's a, a a comedy magician who says that the reason why we get into magic is because we suck at sports. And that's pretty much true too. So you had to do something that nobody else could do. Uh, and that was appealing as a, as a tween and young teen. So I had, and I had a lot of not role models. I don't know if you'd call them role models, but I saw a lot of them on TV. The Ed Sullivan show. Yes, I'm that old was still on TV and magicians were on the variety shows and on the talk shows. At a time people went on, they brought on just entertainers. They weren't necessarily plugging a book or a movie at the time. So I saw a lot of magicians growing up. Then I discovered that my, the uh, music teacher and band leader in my junior senior high school was a magician and he would show me, he knew I was interested, so he would show me a pocket trick, but he wouldn't tell me how it was done. Instead, he was a good teacher. He said, it's in this book in the library. He figured if he just told me how it was done, I'd want to know the secret. That's it. Bye-bye. But if I had to search out the answer and read an entire book to find the trick in that book, that I would, it proved I really was interested and that I'd go to the trouble to learn it. And indeed I did. Flash forward um, 20 years. Uh, Mr. Cashmore had long retired from my high school. I hadn't seen him in 10 years. And I was doing uh, my first show. I was in a review show in Atlantic City. And they, I did a radio program like this to help advertise the, um, the review show, and they had a call-in segment, and I and at the voice at the other said, at the other end says, you probably don't remember me, Tommy. And suddenly I was 12 years old again. It was Mr. Cashmore. He happened to be in New Jersey, had the radio in the car on. Of course, this was long before cell phones. This was back in the 70s. He, no, 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 it would have been the. 80s or 90s, yeah. And but he, of course, he had to stop the car and go to a phone booth and call me. Uh, and that's really how I got 
interested in magic. Um, there were not any magicians otherwise in my area. I, I did find a mag. Well, there were. I just didn't know them. I finally found a magic club, joined it, and now have a, and since have become a part of a magic fraternity, as it were. Next question. Well, let's talk about Houdini. I don't, I, yes, I don't think Art Bell has come back yet. Uh, and we're still waiting on Houdini. Uh, I, I, of course, never saw Houdini live. He was a little before my time. He was back in, uh, he died in 1926, interestingly enough, on Halloween. Uh, Houdini's interest uh, in, the, in spiritualism, we're not really sure. It probably it was sincere, but it also was commercially viable for him. Uh, he lived in the heyday of the spiritualism era. Uh, at, remember, he died in 22. Spiritualism had its initial run from the 1860s to the 1890s to 1900. It started to fade away, and then World War One came along, and no, the, the world had never lost that many fathers, brothers, and sons at one time, and they all wanted to say goodbye to them. So suddenly the mediums and spiritualism was big business again. And that was when Harry Houdini saw the fraudulent mediums coming out. And the way he knew it is because before he was the famous Houdini, the famous Houdini, he was still Houdini, but one of his early tours was on a, a nickel and dime circus, a little tented, uh, one ring tented circus, where part of the, a special show or sideshow, he impersonated, they had him do a, a, a spiritualism act uh, with his wife, Bess. So he knew all of the tricks of the trade. So when he decided he wanted to be a, um, not a ghost buster, but a medium buster. He already, as the magicians would say, had something up his sleeve to work with. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the last two years of his life, he split his show into three, his evening stage show into three sections. First, he did his, some standard magic tricks, classics of magic, then a short intermission. Then he did the escapes, and then the third part of his show was all debunking spiritualists. 
and he would set up a table on stage and recreate a seance with the lights on. Now, the uh, argument has always been just because you can replicate what happened in the seance room, that didn't mean that's how the mediums actually did it. Uh, but there were enough mediums being caught at the time that Houdini could point to specific ones. Uh, as a matter of fact, he used to like to dress up, go in disguise, uh, and get himself invited to seances. And in the middle, when he detected trickery, he'd stand up and say, Aha, I am the famous Houdini, and you are a fake. And he'd show how the things were done. Um, supposedly, at one point, he was on the spiritualist hit list, uh, because he was ruining their business. But Houdini also, uh, uh, what's the word I want, uh, talked before Congress. He, he was brought before Congress to talk about spiritualism because it was a, a racket, basically, the fake mediums, and they wanted his input on it. He worked with a scientific American uh, to offer a huge prize for a true medium, uh, which they never found one. And then, of course, there's the point of whether Houdini would come back. Uh, I'll, I'll try and make this story very concise because I'm long-winded, as you can tell. Uh, Houdini worked out a code with his wife so that whichever one, and apparently several other people, but the one we know best was his wife, that whichever one would die first would attempt to come back. And they worked out a coded message that a specific word had to show up somewhere in the message or they knew it wasn't real. They had already been burned. Houdini's uh, good friend at the time, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who had written the Sherlock Holmes books, um, his wife was a medium and did a reading for Houdini. And she produced the she got the message through automatic writing, which I'm sure your listeners know what that is. For the one or two who don't, the medium would go into a trance, put her hand, hold a pen over a piece of paper, and the spirit would move her hand to write out the message. Well, uh, Doyle's wife uh, wrote the entire message out in English, a language Houdini's mother had never learned. And she also filled the page with uh, crosses, because, of course, at that time, spiritualism was considered a Christian religion or sect within Christianity. Um, and, of course, they were all Jewish. So why were there not stars of David? So Houdini, even in his personal life, had, had run into that debunking thing. Uh, Houdini passed first. Best tried to talk with many spirit mediums. Uh, one of them. Ford, Arthur Ford, did come up with a message, but it's suspected that, um, let's, how can I say this nicely? By the end of her career, uh, Bess was having sort of a, an alcohol problem, and the two, two of them may have conceived this as a way to get back in the news. We're not really sure, but she then later denied that the message had ever come through. She did have one last seance uh, with Houdini, which was held uh, 1936, Halloween, on the roof of the Knickerbocker Hotel that's still standing here in Hollywood. It's now a uh, retire senior retirement home 
all of the hotel rooms are now condos and apartments. Um, but they held it on the the roof. Uh, nothing came through. And at the end, Bess leaned over uh, to the candle and said, Harry, 10 years was long enough to wait for any man. Goodbye. And she blew out the candle. Now, there's a coda to this story. So apparently, immediately after that happened, there was a crack of thunder and there was a rain storm, what you call a rain cell, a very localized rainfall just on the top of the block of the block and the two or three surrounding it where the Knickerbocker Hotel was. Nowhere else in Los Angeles. So had Harry come back, but the only way possible, we don't know to this day. And that's the story. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Unfortunately, I don't think we have the choice to decide whether we're going to come back or not. I mean, bef I mean before we go. <laughs> Part of my part of my discussion uh, of, about whether whether or not ghosts come back, it really depends on what 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 a what a ghost is. I mean, I believe that this is my personal belief. Since people ask me, I believe that uh, our just as our body is made of matter, our soul, the the stuff that's keeping us makes us unique is 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 energy and at the time of death most people i believe that their their energy leaves the body and some of it 
is dispersed in some of us are dispersed into the universe. I think it is very, very rare that whatever entity stays together stays together as a recognizable entity. It may still be a soul, a human, but it's not necessarily, hi, I'm Tom Ogden, energy force. So the fact that I happen to stay together, let's say, and am cognizant and know a way to then come back, we have no idea. I believe some people are capable of that it has happened. I don't think I get to decide on this side of the veil whether or not I'm going to be able to do it from the other side. It's a fascinating idea, a fascinating theory of the – I like the idea of a, a, a psychic fingerprint or an energy fin fingerprint. Uh, 
Uh, huh. Does that mean energy fingerprints are touching me right now? No, no, that's me. Uh, so, so uh, I I don't I don't know whether it can simultaneously uh, stay intact as an entity, but also be pieces. But but it's an interesting theory, and and as interesting as anyone else, anything else. I was finished there. I'll tell you how I explain it to people. I often say to them, um, people see something. Yes, so if people experience something, forget about the name. They see something, they hear something, they experience something. We don't know what it is that they're experiencing, so we have to have a name for it as we investigate it. I said, so let's just call them ghosts. I said, you believe that something happened. You're not questioning what the person claims happened to them or what they experienced. You're just saying, well, of course, it can't be a ghost. Well, maybe it is. Leave that option open for now.
Well, thank you very much. It's it's coming in from the outside that I uh, and the answer is no. I do not do the the active investigations, and uh, there's a reason for that. I think that if I did it personally and then tried to compare the history of the place to what other people have said before, that I would be biased, that I think that what I saw, that has to be the definite truth. Um, I think of myself more as a paranormal journalist. I listen to what other groups have done, compare them to each other, see how often something is replicated, whether something is a one-time experience. And it's possible that a haunting can be a a one-time experience only, but I think it's more validated when it always happens on this date or everybody sees something in that place of the room. Um, I talked with one man here in town that uh, along the old mission trail that used to go to San from San Diego, where the missions were set up, the Catholic missions up to San Francisco, uh, the Camino Real, um, it used to go through uh, Universal City, where the theme park is now. And in one particular apartment building, they had a ghost of a bunk. It would walk through one particular wall. It's what we think of as a residual ghost, because it always did exactly the same thing. It would walk through one wall, go across the room between their sofa and the TV, uh, and then walk out the other room. Well, when they did investigation, they found out that that apartment building used to be on that trail. And what they feel they were seeing was... uh, the ghost of a monk and other people have seen that who have lived in that same apartment building that it wasn't just one person saying it happened and it happened often that's the sort of thing that i instead of my doing it myself and then say oh yeah i saw that so that must be the truth or i didn't see anything that night and therefore you're wrong i i'd like to be stand impartial as a as a writer
actually, thanks thanks for mentioning that, Ted. Thanks for mentioning that because that means I don't have to get dressed to go out at night. Well, I, I could go out at night without getting dressed, but charges would be filed, I'm sure. Sure, I'll hold on to myself for a couple of more minutes.
Well, I have not really investigated them separately from ghosts, but I believe that they are entirely different entities. Uh, all of the characteristics of, of what they do, uh, the destructive behavior or just mischievous behavior, is, is not what we see with most ghosts, uh, other ghosts. Uh, I know the current theory that it may somehow not be a spirit, but uh, somehow something that is projected out of a person, uh, especially if there's an adolescent or someone under, undergoing some other sort of stress in the environment. Uh, but to be honest, I haven't done enough investigation of, of it on my own. And thankfully, I guess I haven't had any of my friends tell me that they've had that sort of uh, bad stuff happen, happen to them. Yet I hear it happens. Um, sorry, I can't, don't have more to, to give to that discussion.
Well, I, I think that's important, Ted, ex exactly what you said. The get, Getting the phenomena that they do is important uh, because that's how we distinguish one ghost from another. Uh, I I know when people say to me, well, I have this problem when, when I'm writing a book and uh, you try to dis describe the, the ghost, you you have to find new ways of saying, well, they were spooky. Uh, <laughs> they were uh filmy looking um and one of the best ways to distinguish them is this is what they did this is what made them different and special and why we should pay attention to this particular haunting uh this person contacts that person or this person always keeps them themselves or i mean it's important to write down the phenomenon and keep and keep track of it absolutely the end. Absolutely. I, I get people asking me, they said, you must have seen this or heard of this. Uh, and the ones that's scary to me are when they are, they want guidance of what to do. I can't tell them, oh, well, uh, I can't tell them how to keep that ghost from coming back. Uh, that's not my field, uh, but they know that I'm interested in it. So they all love to share their own stories, or my cousin said, or my brother said. Um, I I love collecting the, fo the first person stories, but um, yes. Anyway, to answer your question shortly, I haven't done that yet tonight. Yes, that happens to me.
Well, this is fascinating, kids. If you've never had this kind of a phone delay with a guest and you've never had this kind of video uh, feedback, obviously I'm the problem. Uh, did I mention I'm a poltergeist? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a magic. I'm a magic guy. Boo! Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, that's what I hear more often than I hear the ghost. Hey, Ghostbuster boy, they will say you're a magician. Fix this. Or if you were a magician, that wouldn't have happened. The comment I actually hear more than any other comment is, can you make my wife disappear? And they will ask me that where their wife is standing right next to them. I mean, if there is a way to guarantee you're not going to get laid that night, it's that comment. There's an old joke in magic. I could tell you how it's done, but then I'd have to kill you. I actually teach that trick in my The Complete Idiot's Guide to Street Magic. And the people that, besides, a straw is kind of dangerous, but uh, teachers do it with chalk or with a cigarette. But the real question is, did he use the straw after doing it?
Oh yes, you haven't flickered. I I can. It's never. You've never disappeared uh, from my Facebook page. I'm having a ball. I'm hoping you'll ask me to come back soon and we can actually talk directly uh, without the feedback. Sounds good. I'll do just a general plug. Uh, if you're interested in my books, uh, I'd go to Amazon.com. Put in my name, Tom Ogden, putting ghosts or spirit hauntings, and it will bring up a full page of all the books. My well, I have the I have the Facebook the ghost guy. Uh, I do not uh, have my website up yet. It's under construction, but it will be theghostguy.com. Include the. My magician website is tomogden.com.
Oh, and of course you can go to YouTube, type in my name, Magician or Ghost, and you'll see a series of video, short videos there. Even see me doing some ghost tricks. Well, now it gives you something to look forward to. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, for my, yeah, uh, it, I don't have a Tom Ogden channel. Uh, just put in my name. Tom Ogden, uh, and you'll get it. The, the, the videos will pop up in this search. Well, thank you very much. I am your humble servant. As a matter of fact, that's what we should do. That's <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what we should do. Then, then on my next visit. We'll just watch you watching my videos. It's fun to watch. Now, can I can I put that in my uh, my press kit? That's a good line. Magician kills radio host.
Magic. Thank you. See you in September.
Oh, you figured out the trick. Yes, I start when you start talking. And as you finish, I'm almost there, ready to go.
I'm still here. I'm I'm just monitoring everything. Well, fortunately, it's the FCC, not the NSA.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.